Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. <laughs> no one hates Pope and Pat. Mm, probably. Yeah. I can't think of anyone who does. Sorry. I don't think so. I think he's pretty punctual on the uh, mail delivery. So yeah. Better than my yeah. fucking postman, I tell you. Still Who's postman Pat. Mm. I'm still waiting for Christmas letters. In fact, I still haven't had Chad's reply to my wedding invitation, which he posted to me in 2022. So he tells you. No, he has. He's he's got, he's got a receipt for it. <laughs> he's got a receipt for it. He's showing me. Guy. Uh, did you oh, see great. It? You can go sue Wisconsin Postal <laughs> Office's ass. He can do that. but maybe, it's, it's Wisconsin. Maybe. I've been married for months. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, shall we get on talking about some wrestling, which is what we're going to do on this wrestling podcast? Yeah, yeah someone do it. Why not? Just, to, just to, for a novelty of it. Um, I think, Ryan, actually, you went first last time. So for that reason, Matt, I'm going to let you go first this week. What's your main good cop moment of the week? I, I, I love the intro. No ep- no title of the show, no episode number, no nothing. <laughs> I think we went with a cold opening, didn't we? Yeah, sort of, yeah. I thought um, we just my, did a cold opening. Um, it's 261 for anyone who gives a shit. Yeah, but remind, that'll be in the episode notes anyway, and that'll be scrolling remind, along their iPod or phone right now anyway. So. Remind me to email you the, uh, the the jingle to put on for next week as well. Okay. Because you, you, you actually talked to the haven't got the notes. <laughs> I screwed up. I, I explained to Chad, I said, what happened is, with it being my new computer, I don't have a system. So I was just calling something notes, and then I normally have a slightly different name for the episode notes, and I just didn't pay attention to what I was doing. So yeah, but I'm I'm glad he realized and didn't just post my my notes for the show on the. Uh, that would not have been good. Okay, there was no sound either. Did you notice? Because I don't have those clips. I couldn't be bothered to go and try and clip them from previous episodes. So well, it was without I mean, it was without any you, um, music at all. It was just I mean, us talking. I'm going to email you the clips, Graham. All right. Yeah, so I, well, thought it, well. I thought it sounded good, actually, without those interruptions. Well, Perhaps I, just as a one-off. As a one-off, yeah. But it, but I, was, I was trying to keep track of where, actually, I was in the episode listening back to it at work. Right, anyway. Um, if I'm going first, Graham, I want to talk about Matt. You? Yourself? The person from um, Five Nerds Go? The stuff that you wrestle on? I want to talk about Matt Max. M A C K S. Otherwise known as the heir to, well, I guess the heir to in chief of Cage Match. Ah, all right. Now I know. Okay. Do you know exactly what I'm talking about here, do you? Yes. Can I say, for anyone who doesn't know about this, let us, I'm about to sound bad cop before I go good, okay? We've mentioned at length on this show over the last X amount of of time, how much cage match we look through it sometimes to get opinions about wrestlers and we haven't seen before where they've been sort of thing. I've had a lot of 
issues with certain things when, I, when looking up when I've been doing research for commentary gigs, well, CXW in Braintree, of course, uh, eight plus eighteen show, and uh, now confirmed. <laughs> but the um, some of the like, I'm sorry, it worked five minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of the biggest problems we've been getting, obviously, not just on Cage Match, but across Twitter, X, Elon TV, what do you want to call it, is the tribalism that had been brought up by not i'm not gonna say proper fans of wrestling that these guys are just like no matter how good or bad something is and on this show i like to think we know a thing or two about good and bad um it's in the whole thing based around that obviously not everyone's got an opinion everyone's opinion is valid but sometimes it can be poisonous Sometimes it, so everyone's got a, a point opinion, and it's valid for you to have your opinion. But sometimes you shouldn't be forcing it down people's throats. Now, quote, you know who this is aimed at. Matt posted this on Cage Match this week. I do not believe I have to do this, but with the unnecessary amount of news and attention that we have received over the last few weeks, the amount of tribalism between WWE and AEW trolls has re-intensified. I wish all of you idiots, idiots, step on Legos for the rest of your days. First of all, that's brilliant. That is just brilliant. Here is the new rule. A, no mention of AEW or Tony Khan or similar topics in comments about WWE promotion, shows, titles, matches, or contract wrestlers, neither directly or indirectly. No mention of WWE or Triple H or Vince McMahon or Nick Khan or Shawn Michaels in comments about AEW promotion, shows, titles, matches or product wrestlers. Again, neither just directly or indirectly. I'll leave at my dis- discretion. He says digression here. So that actually goes a bit badly, to be fair. But I forgive him for spelling mistakes. Um, to extend this list of contextually banned words without further announcement. The vast majority of the community gets it and our protected community and our ideals. Non-compliance with this new rule may lead to one-time warnings or direct bans depending on the severity and comment history. I am sick of you people, again, you know who this is aimed at, stop dragging us into a painfully unnecessary and embarrassing flame war between two fucking worldwide companies. The next step will be to lock down the ratings to long-term registered users. I don't fucking care if half of you leave at this point. There is more, but I'm just going to leave the quote there. It takes some balls to take a stance like this, because, as he said, he doesn't care if people leave or not. He doesn't give a shit about pages, he says. This is a guy who actually has... who's taken his i've had enough of this bullshit i'm about to take some action i have a lot of time for this guy um i wanted to have you guys give me give me your thoughts ryan you've been suspiciously quiet so i agree i agree with what he's doing because he is using his platform um to take a stance against something that we all know is a massive problem within the community 
um, cage match has been around for as long as I can remember. The first two, the, the three wrestling websites I remember from the early days of the internet were cage match, wrestle zone, and high spots like those are the ones i can remember from those early days of the internet like i can remember going to these websites to see um you know pre-taped match cards and stuff like you know these were great things to 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 learn about the inner workings of the business and i always appreciated that now in the ideals of being fair, I do not necessarily agree with how he went about it because I feel like having, you know, some of the wording he used was very aggressive and that kind of plays into the trolls when they're like, hey, look, we've struck a chord, you know, we've, we've hit a nerve. You know, he's pissed. And that just brings more trolls out because that's what trolls do. They're looking for a valid emotional response from you. Um, maybe be a little more professional about the way you put this into effect. Um, you know, but, you know, you fucking people and stuff like that. It's like, eh, maybe not the best way to do it. However, I'm really happy that someone's taking a stand and saying, look, this website is an analytical website. We're here to share statistics, essentially, you know, who wrestled who on what show, how long was it? And what does the community think of the show from a match rating standpoint or of the wrestler for a match rating, standpoint, whatever, maybe um, comment sections internet-wide are accessible. Look at YouTube comments. They're just as bad. Um, but I'm happy that someone who has a slight... Uh, presence. Yeah, presence of, of, of power within the community is saying enough is enough and it's time for a change. Booyah, Owen Hart quote. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right with that sort of thing. I mean, it's not quite the same, but I, I mean, I'm not trying to plug something, I swear. But even when I've done live streams, be it Volley, Techers, Game Junkies, whatever, SGP, whatever, some of the, some of the comment section sometimes is not... I mean, amount of time I've had to block bots and things like that, and some people come in... Someone came in on the volley a few months back saying I was really hot could I, could I, could I have my number I'm like my, my dude <laughs> like Chris get back to the ironing I mean come on <laughs> wouldn't mind but you're the Russian girl <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, but I'm saying that, that's something quite like heart and other sort of things but it is so toxic I mean he literally says here the last thing he says, he, he gave out warning for the Jinder Rollins match because people were commenting uh, in the comment section about the match just about not even his AEW or themselves. They were talking about the match. And what I didn't know here is no money is made off this website by fans at all. 
he in fact the more people comment the more bandwidth gets used the more he has to pay each month mm. so technically these trolls are costing him money and when it costs someone money that's when it starts to become a fucking problem because it's not helping see i think this is definitely and like i said ryan said that this is one of the early ones he remembers um i don't go back as far as ryan does in terms of wrestling websites but this was like the first one for me yes as i'm trying to do a podcast for the first time having no idea what's going on and even five years later still not having an idea what's going on um it was invaluable to find out about wrestlers who i'd never heard of like I, the only person i knew on that first show i went to was uh, sanjay duck that was it so to try and find out like who the hell are the ugly ducklings like who is this tim donst guy like to try and find out that story That's and and to try and find out who they'd fought in previous matches to try and make the story piece together. Like, it was invaluable, that website. Um, obviously, if it's been going back as long as that, then obviously this is something that, this must be a very time-consuming. This is definitely something that he's obviously passionate about. Um, I actually wonder, do we even need the comments? Like, if he was to suddenly say, you know what, I'm shutting comments off, like, on everything. This is just a statistical database, like Ryan said. I would still use it as just as much as what I do now. The only time that I think sometimes sometimes I like to use it for the ratings. I know the ratings can be people can be very tribal, as we've said, and they'll just go, "Well, you stink, so you're getting zero stars." And oh, this guy's the best person in the world. I'm giving you ten stars without even seeing that. Yeah, that sort of stuff happens, but you also tend to get it tends to average out a little bit as well. If I want to watch, if I'm looking at a show and I don't have time to watch the whole show, particularly an indie show, I might just want to find out what's the best match on that card. Sometimes that's kind of useful just to go there and see if I'm going to invest 30 minutes, is this the one I should be watching or is it one I can pass on? Absolutely. Uh, I have nothing else to add, to be fair. So, but um, I think it's kind of rare. I think we're all generally in agreement that um, we don't need the we don't need those people making those comments. He, he's made, made a stand. Um, Ryan, the only thing I took, the only thing I slightly disagreed with you was, is then, um, about feeding the troll part of it. Like, I don't think that the people who are posting those comments are trying to get the uh, attention of the owner of that website. I don't think that that's what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to annoy other no, uh, people no. who use that website. So I think yes. he can respond however he likes with that. But I understand what you're saying as a business owner. And I, I don't want to get to Tony. I don't think too you early. understand what I'm saying. Oh, uh, probably I don't. in that case, then I don't. I thought you were saying you you were saying that it was I understood the, what you were saying about him taking a more professional. He could have taken a more professional line. I, I, I agree with that part of it. But you said that it was you got him to react, which is what they wanted. I don't think that is what they want. I think they just want to annoy. No, that's exactly what they want because he wasn't a target for the trolls. He reacted. Now he is. Because you'll notice a lot of people were talking about him on Twitter and talking about his response. That's what trolls like to do when you that this is the whole thing I've been saying for years is these people who quote tweet trolls and say like, LOL, look at this idiot. They're not doing what they think they're doing. They're not bringing attention to this person's an idiot. They're giving this person person the the attention that they so desperately desire. And as soon as this guy 
commented on the way he did, he became a target for trolls. And again, this is what I've been seeing on Twitter. I've been seeing a lot of people like, oh, well, fucking cage match is a joke anyways, blah, blah, you know, shit like that. And that's exactly what is going to happen based on his reaction. He is now going to become a target for troll. He's going to become the same way that people troll Meltzer and Cornette and all of these like larger than life figures within the community he runs the risk of becoming that now because he quote unquote runs the writing website. Um, that's, that's my concern over it because that's just the way the internet works. Yeah. I don't think he's on the same level as those two people. Those no, two he's, people I'm not saying he is controversial, which is why people do try and annoy them. I don't think that that, I think that the owner of that website, I think he's a little different to that in the short term. Do I think they're going to make comments? Absolutely. But I, I think that will quickly die down. Graham, if, if you might be saying this right, I'm pretty sure you, you might actually agree with me. I'm not sure. Hopefully will. Unfortunately, Graham, you come, and I'm saying this with love. I mean, seriously. You come from an era where what? trolls weren't a thing. Oh. Online. You can shut the fuck up. Online trolls? You didn't grow up that, Graham. Did you grow up with online trolls? I've been on the internet a lot longer than you have, buddy. Really? Wow. But yeah, Whatever. You're way off base. Well, no, uh, Graham, oh, uh, Granddad a much Graham more... here who doesn't know how to. Oh, hold on, let me get my son down to help me switch my computer on. Hold on, how do we get that internet that thing? Graham, Graham, I'll, I'll say it in a little more of a in a different Less way, patronizing way. You haven't spent as much time within fandoms on the internet, so like wrestling fandom on the internet, gaming fandom, anime, television, movies, stuff like that. These deep like deep deep fandoms and wrestling fandom fans are really one of the top if you get into these comment sections i you will see the most horrible you've seen it on twitter i know you've been on twitter i remember about when i, I used to need a cd to load in log into aol and be part of their communities so i think you both of you guys are being a little patronizing right now but no uh, i'm no, 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 no. not part of dm we're not trying patronizing at all no not literally of, not uh, you're I being was not defensive part of gaming fandom. No, I was not part of those communities. No, I was not, but I have been part of communities for probably a lot longer than you guys have been. Uh, I don't know. I, I started using the internet pretty early. Just so you know, Graham, Ryan has the mute button. You don't. Uh, <laughs> I do. If you want to mute, then go ahead. Oh, I do. Neat. You finally gave me permission to do stuff. Actually, um, no, I'm, you know what? I'm going to give Graham the button as well. Why not? No, but I'm literally not trying to be patronizing. This is just, this is something that in these really deep internet communities, this is just unfortunately the way it works. Um, yeah. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying no. it's wrong. I'm saying this is what I've noticed on the, you know, GameSpot forums over the years, the WrestleZone forums over the years. You know, you've I you've been on Twitter... I can think further to two thousand and to, to, to like two thousand in the in the ITV F one chat room on their website. Fucking hell, the amount of trolls that were you know in there, Graham. I was fifteen. As soon as you, as soon as you show that you could potentially be a target, they will come after you. Now, and I agree with you. He's not on the level of Meltzer, Cornet, or you know, but he is a prominent figure in wrestling 
he was just more of a quiet person. He was in the background. He's brought himself to the foreground. And that's a dangerous place to be. I mean, I had the worst podcast in professional wrestling podcast history. And I got trolls. <laughs> it's 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 going to happen, unfortunately. And and I I'm not again, I'm not saying it's it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it sucks. And if he had been a little more here are the new rules and these are the reasons why, without the quote unquote attacks within it, you people, stuff like that, I think he would have kept himself a lot more. It, it's and I'm not trying to poke fun at any side or the other because you know i really don't believe in this but especially with tony's obsession with cage match you know the hardcore tony khan marks are going to be out in full force because tony says look at our cage match rating so fuck this guy (laughs) um i don't know i i think it's a risky move Um, I hope that everything we're saying doesn't come to fruition. I hope that people can accept that the reason this is happening is for the betterment of the wrestling community and not a new thing to be annoyed about like everything else. Go be annoyed about the fact that the the Ass Boys new theme song is essentially just another Western style theme song and it sounds very similar to Adam Page's. (laughs) All right, while I go and change my hearing aid batteries and go look for my walking stick, Ryan, what is your main good cop moment of the week? Very Wait, defensive. Way to insult the guy who's half deaf and actually limps. Thanks, Graham. Yeah. Did, uh, did, well, I, could have, to... I was going to go with Werther's original, but I don't know if Ryan would know what that is. So. Um, or I yes, could have gone with stronger. Empty My Colostomy Bag, but I was like, no, we'll, we'll keep it. We 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 have Werther's original. You guys, I love how you guys are immediately so offended about something that was very, Graham, very Graham, 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 I'm You're woke. Out, out, I've been called woke the last by five different <laughs> people the last week, Graham. Okay, trust me, I know a thing or two about being offended by everything. <laughs> hey, Ryan, when you've got a moment, sir, would you be so kind to give your good comment of the week, please? While I go look at my AARP card, okay, is that bad? I got my first AARP uh, uh, invitation when I was 14 years old. No, that, that young. Yeah. Well, okay. so. Uh, that makes okay, so that because I was really offended because I got I was like, can you please let me enjoy my last months of being a forty year old before I get this invitation for fifty? And someone, one of my uh, old colleagues, responded, "I got my first one when I was like my late twenties. Like it mm. just seemed so close to the right age that I thought that they actually knew what they were doing. So they don't have a clue then. That basically. No, the, Ooh, for for yeah. mine, for mine, they started doing it because. Uh, I think I had just got my first cell phone and I was on my dad's <laughs> account. So they were looking at my dad's information. And so I still, I get phone calls every year around election time from like the NRA and stuff like that, just because my, of my dad's age and his political affiliation. Hmm. Um, anywho, I have a really wholesome good cop moment this week. Um, my good cop moment was I really enjoyed the set for Raw this week. It was something a little different, and I appreciated that because I think the big LED board is very sterile. 
um because it, it's just a big screen there's no personality to it and i really don't like it um but this week due to uh, a situation outside of their control the building was not equipped for their light load and they were worried because there was so much snow on the roof of the arena that they didn't want to hang all of the stuff from the arena so they had the lighting rig surrounding the ring and holding up the lighting rig so instead of being hung from the ceiling it was up on platforms but at the entrance they had that new two-sided screen with the entrance down the middle and then they had lighting poles up in the middle as well so i really liked that i thought it was just something a little different and that's my one huge major complaint on WWE programming lately is the whole setup feels very sterile, very corporate and lacks any personality. Um, And I'm just not a huge fan of it. Um, And they actually brought it up on commentary and it pissed me off. Uh, I don't remember if this was Monday or if this was last raw, but, uh, uh, Michael Cole said something like, oh, you know, they're brawling up on the entry ramp. There's no fucking ramp. It's pretty much a flat entrance. They don't come down a ramp. The ramp is maybe a one inch incline at the very bottom of it. That's not a ramp. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed the set that they used for Raw. I kind of hope that they use something similar moving forward or they come up with a new design i'm just not a huge fan of just one big led board i mean i mean i used to love the old smackdown sets back in the day do you remember them like like they had the big oval the the oval entrance the fist um i even liked the one when they first debuted on on fox the the cool like hexagonal entry coming out of the led board and then it went obviously to thunderdome eventually didn't it uh, Thunderdome actually didn't look too bad, and then they went back to this sterile sort of thing, as you mentioned, right? Do you, do you, Graham won't remember this, I'm fully aware because he wasn't watching it at the time. But when they transitioned from the oval to which made it look like the Hollywood Bowl, apparently, um, when they transitioned from that to the fist logo, do you remember how they got how they closed how they? basically destroyed the set remember yeah didn't yeah, what do you mean S- uh i'm trying to think i someone got speared through the set i remember that rhino I'm... got gored through the set rhino gored jericho through the set yeah 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 it was rhino i knew it was rhino i couldn't think of the other person but yeah it was rhino and Ry- jericho. rhino gored jericho through the back of the set and that was the last time we ever saw that set ever that was I was really hoping um, when AEW had mentioned that they were going to have a new look, like the 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 show before that. I was like, "Yo, you gotta have like a no holds barred match, and you gotta have them destroy the set." Like, I I, I think that's a really interesting way to do it, and it, it's it's intriguing. Um, because what was it two years ago or so? Maybe no, it was probably longer. That it was probably three or four years ago when. Uh, what Braun Strowman put Cena through the stage or through the the LED board? 
Yeah. And I really, and I was really hoping at that point, I was like, oh, is this how they re redo the set? Um, unfortunately, they didn't. But, you know, because I can, I can put up with the LED boards on the ring. I can put up with the uh, ring post covers. I can put up with the LED boards on the, uh, the barricades around the ring. I can deal with all of that. But the entry is it's such a part of their entrances when they do their entrances that having a good entry ramp, I think is really important. And I think that's actually from a production value side of things. I think yeah. that's WWE's weakest point right now is they've got top of the line production values across the board because they've been doing it for so long, but yeah. then they've got this just very boring entrance and, and it's not even like they're using the LED board to do like Titantron videos and stuff. It's just flashing colors with the person's name. Like it's so boring. Yeah, it's 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 boring like, is what it is. It's not. It's I, not exactly. I I I love one of the reasons I love watching the old wrestling that I do. Um, you know, the stuff in the '90s that I've been going through is the entry videos are so well done. And they've got, you know, clips, you know, it's essentially a highlight reel for whoever's coming out. And I really enjoy that. And they've got personality to them. And it elevates the entrances to something more than just wrestler A is coming out to wrestle wrestler B. Um, and I feel like that's how it is. And, and you know, AEW, to me, took a step backwards with their new set because they're doing something similar it's just a bunch of led boards whereas they used to have the the you know the 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 dual tunnels and they had that weird chandelier thing in the middle like there was a lot of personality to that set and the new set again yeah i feel like AEW is moving in a very sterile direction like wwe um and you know i i never did stage production like that's something i'm not trained in i do not understand it i do i know it takes a lot of work um but i feel like setting up a big led board is not gonna take that much less time than setting up some you know scaffolding that holds up a set like because i feel like there's still scaffolding that's holding up that big led board just make the LED board smaller and make the scaffolding more apparent. Cause that's what they did on Monday, essentially. And I thought it looked really good. I thought it looked nice. I'm super excited for SmackDown tonight. See if they made any adjustments to the SmackDown set. Um, super excited about SmackDown in general, cause SmackDown has been a great show lately. Uh, so is raw. Um, but yeah, that, that, that little change on raw, just it added to my enjoyment in a different way than just a good match would. Grand is Ryan saying that he enjoyed the uh, more Kevin Patrick? Is that was that um, what's increasing his enjoyment of SmackDown? Mute Kevin Patrick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I like SmackDown because they've had uh, really good matches. Um, they've got some really good storylines, and they're utilizing everyone but Roman Reigns to <laughs> tell a competent bloodline storyline that has nothing <laughs> to do with Roman. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you um, a viewpoint of somebody from not all of our generations at all and I think this is slightly different from what you were discussing right there and um, first of all and I said to Matt I was like I didn't even notice there was any changes like I'm really poor at picking up details like that but the thing that he really likes on and it's not just the pay-per-views it seems to be on all the shows 
Um, you've got so we'll use Roman Reigns, even though he doesn't really appear very frequently. You'll see like the hundred foot tall CGI Roman Reigns, then you'll see the camera kind of twist around and that, and then it'll go to the stage of where he is. He loves things like that. That that's you the see- thing that sticks out for him. So I don't know if that's something that you're saying that's I don't know if that's the part. I don't think that's the part you're really saying is sterile, but no, I, I actually I'm not a he huge loves though. He makes a big deal about that. He's always like, whoa. So from the eyes of a nine year old, like it's like the most amazing thing ever. Me, I just couldn't care. <laughs> get, yeah, get I, I'm, I'm not a huge get into fan. The ring and let's start wrestling. I'm not a huge fan of the augmented reality introductions, um, though I will say on Raw this week. They added our truth to the Judgment Day ones, and he was holding up a sign that said "Live, Laugh, Love" on it. Um, and I thought that was that was cute and entertaining. I really liked it. I'm not a huge fan of those, though. Um, I think some of them work pretty well, um, but then there are ones that are so unbelievably gaudy and over the top that I really don't like them. A uh, Bianca, the 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 lips and the hair swinging around and stuff in the augmented reality. I'm really not a fan of it. Um, I prefer, like, I feel like some of the best entrances lately, I think they might be moving away from that stuff. Cause I feel like a lot of the new entrances lately don't have it. Um, so if someone got a new theme song or just a new tag team or whatever, they're, they're not having those like, um, DIY, um, they don't have any of that stuff and they have a new theme song, a new Tron and everything. Um, the one I will say I like like to give you an idea of the ones I like, the ones I don't like, I like the minimalistic ones. Like I like Cody's where it's just the American nightmare logo, but it's not in front of the stage. It's almost like a WWE championship, you know, where they do the title belts kind of thing. It's just a little something right at the beginning of his entrance. And then the camera is focused on his entrance instead of stuff, things, nobody needs that stuff in things. Um, yeah, so so that doesn't really do it for me, um, but I can see why they do it because kids like Mason are like, whoa, check this. Not Mason, uh, Jackson, Jackson are like, whoa, check out this shit. This is fucking crazy. Kids got yep. a mouth on him. You need to work on that. Okay. <laughs> that was a diet. I didn't even re- Were you in the room at the time? Man, I didn't know you could do a direct quote like that. So oh, yeah. Spooky. Oh, yeah. No. A little spooky. Um, my main good cop moment kind of feels a little bit of a cheat to begin with, but it'll change in the end. Um, we talked recently about the enjoyments of when you're sick. Like, obviously, the sickness part itself is not great, but when you're in your chair, there's not much that you can do. And the television is a perfect uh, form of entertainment that time. And you can probably watch a little bit more wrestling than perhaps what you'd normally do. People always complain about they don't have enough time to watch it. Well, similar theme this week, snow days. Um, we haven't had snow days in Virginia in such a long time. We had Martin Luther King on Monday for our English listeners who might not be aware of that. We then had a snow day on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording on Friday as normal. And once again, we have another snow day. So, yeah, I've actually had the opportunity to uh, watch a lot more wrestling than I would normally do. Um, been able to catch up on things. Uh, so I did not watch all of Monday Night Raw. But as soon as I got up Tuesday morning, I'm watching Raw. Um, I got to watch some AEW highlights as well. Um, I'd be amiss if I mentioned I didn't get to watch. I also got to watch the Ring of Honor show 47 uh, that was on last night as well. I got to watch that this morning, so that was cool to see. Um, but the main thing I want to talk about in this is last night around 8 o'clock, I was like, all right, what should I watch? Like, I know probably Impact's going to be on at that time, and there's probably a few things. But it seemed like the ideal opportunity to look to see what was on IWTV. So anyway, 
I saw what the main event was for an organization out in Toronto. Um, I think it's called Lucha Demand. I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure I actually wrote it down. Uh, I think it was called Lucha Demand. And I saw the main event. I was like, that sounds good enough for me. So anyway, tuned in. Missed the first match. First match was Archangel versus Wild Stallion. I'm not sure who those two people are. Second one was listed as Tim versus Kevin Blackwood. I haven't seen Kevin Blackwood in a long time. Uh, he used to stroll up to Nova Pro on a few different occasions. Versus the wrestler with probably the mo the dullest name of all, Tim. The crowd were actually cheering and going, Tim, Tim. It actually turned out to be Tim, who was part of the uh, Jim Nasty Boys, who used to appear at Nova Pro as well. So it was good. I hadn't seen him as a single singles uh, wrestler. I can't remember what his last name is. But anyway, they shortened that just down to Tim. Matt, you're looking open-mouthed at me. Did you want to say something? No. Oh, okay. I thought I'd uh, drop the ball or something. Uh, we had Fred Die versus Paragon. Um, I didn't know the story behind that guy. It used to be Freddy, but now I guess he's gone heel, so he's Fred Eye. Uh, we had Seraphis versus Joey Janela. Um, I then had to put Jackson to bed because it was around that time, so I kind of missed the end part. Uh, but I got to what I wanted to see, which was the main event. The main event was uh, the champion Jack Cartwheel versus Mustafa Ali versus Gringo Loco. That was what got me to tune into IWTV. When I saw the first name, Jack Cartwheel was somebody I actually posted about from MGB Graham. I said, the person who I'm enjoying most on Ring of Honor, who I have not seen before, is Jack Cartwheel. So people like Gringo Loco, I've seen Gringo Loco before. I knew I liked Gringo Loco. Jack Cartwheel, never seen him before. I'm kind of a little disappointed. I asked people, hey, anyone got any good matches they can shout out so I can go try and look for them? I didn't get any responses. But Jack Cartwheel is somebody I like. But I was interested to see Mustafa Ali. I'm not sure that it was his first match um, back on the Indies necessarily, but I was curious to see because I know it was around that 90-day period. And the match did not disappoint. It turned out to be a non-title match for reasons that aren't particularly important. Uh, but after the match, uh, he stood up and then there was a few quotes that he said. Uh, one of them was, enjoy these guys now, because they won't be here forever. So I think he's basically bigging up Jack Cartwheel, Gringo Loco. They are. They're, I'm going to say they're on Ring of Honor right now. I'm sure they're looking to move on to AEW. Who knows in the future where else they'll go. Um, but he also tells the two guys as well, enjoy this time right now. I have never felt so alive. So it was interesting to see all the issues that Mustafa Ali has had. And obviously he's promoting. He did a great job of putting those two guys over. Um, but also kind of sharing his love again of the Indies. And um, it seemed like that was, from matches I saw, that's where his best work was. Uh, the work he did out in Chicago at places like Black Label, absolutely phenomenal. Never thought he really got, perhaps got the push that he deserved at WWE, because I think he's a very talented wrestler. Uh, but great to see him on the Indies again, and um, I'm sure there'll be future matches I'll be going and looking out for him. Um, as he's working his way around the country. It sounds like he's doing a bit of a tour, so I don't know, think he's going to be quite based in Chicago like he was before. It sounds like he's going to try and capitalize on it a little bit, move around. But yeah, snow days, getting the chance to watch more wrestling than I would normally do, and finding an organization that looks really good. I'm going to be definitely going back into that back catalog uh, for that organization from Toronto. All right, why you, was I, your mouth open? I thought I could remember my name, I didn't. Oh, okay. I wish I could remember what Tim Tim Timmy's name was. I'm sure it began. Isn't with it Tim Donst? No, 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 it wasn't. No, it's, it's nasty uh, boys. You say? Yeah, it's annoying me. I can't think what it is. Anywho, um, to to answer your question, he is doing a world tour right now, so oh, okay. he's kind of hitting everything. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, I really am, because now, uh, interesting thing, I I have. 
new information actually on the Ali start and stop in WWE. So retribution was supposed to be a lot more than it was. Um, Fox put a stop to it. They did not like how political it was. So that's why it became kind of the goofy retribution. Um, so so that, that 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 was, you know, one of those rare instances where it wasn't Vince Vincing things. It was the broadcast partners going, no. So they could have been a really dark, gritty faction. Fox foxing things. Yeah. So Fox went, no, we don't like that. You need to stop doing it. So it became more of the the goofiness that we saw. But I mean, you know, for I, I would I would argue that retribution wasn't a total failure because Ali's gonna kill it on the independence, like no problem. Dijak's killing it in NXT. He's one step away from being their top guy. Mia Yim is killing it on SmackDown. Like I said, match of the year two weeks ago. Um Mason Mansoor are killing it on the indies. They just hit the indies and already they're booked and selling out of merchandise and making a ton of money like good for them i don't think retribution hurt any of these people nearly as much as the internet would like to make you think um you know and ali too yes ali wasn't getting a lot of tv time in wwe but go back and watch the 205 live the main event stuff all of those essentially dark matches that he was putting on he was putting on the best matches of the show on the pre-show to a television taping you know like he was killing it his shit with buddy murphy on 205 were some of the best matches i've ever seen i think the the stuff ollie 450 was actually what got jackson into wrestling because that was on the 205 year old live podcast i think that was mustafa ollie that did that 450 from the top to the outside broke through a table and a four-year-old was just like whoa like you've never seen anything like that before and that's kind of what him hey can we watch this again absolutely buddy you got it i I think i think ali is going to do what drew mcintyre did and what cody did he's he's you know a lot of people say wwe and aew it seems sometimes you just gotta leave and you gotta reinvent yourself and then come back he is 37 as i was just looking up i didn't realize he was quite as old as that like, I don't know. It's a little different with the story when um, Cody left and when Drew left. They were much younger than that. But... Yeah, but I mean, you know, Cody's, you know, so Cody was on for six years, and I think Cody is 37 or 38 right now. So, you know, he was in his early 30s when he left the company. Um, You know, but then you look at guys like L.A. Knight. He hasn't, he just got started started on the the top top the tippity top of the iceberg and he's 41 yeah like you know i mean he's been grinding for 20 years but you know there's always time there's always time to become that top guy you know like austin austin didn't become austin 316 until he was 31 32 you know which puts his first wwf championship at 33 34 ish um and 
then he's pretty much gone, you know, like, because he gets hurt in what, late 99, 2000, and then he's pretty much gone until 2001. He has another small run and then he leaves. You know, it's like age is very irrelevant because, huh? Small run. Yeah, didn't he? Uh, he did the invasion angle. He he did he did September he did September two thousand until until um, until uh, May two thousand three. Yeah, that's a small run. That's only two and a half years. Depends the point of view, I guess, but I guess so. You know, uh, I I always you know the, all it takes is a moment. It, it really all it takes is a moment in wrestling to solidify your legacy. And I think that someone like Ali can come back and do that. Look, I always, I always like to say, look at look at Mick Foley. We we all remember Foley's legendary legendary WWF run. He was really only active for four years within the company, like full time active. He debuted in 1996, the night after WrestleMania, and by Royal Rumble 2000. He's technically retired. He does a couple more matches. Then he comes back for the match with Randy. Then he comes back for the match with Edge. And and he does a small run in TNA. You know, I think Ali, especially where he is not as banged up as someone like Foley, he's going to go out. He's going to do his thing. They're going to, he's going to make a name for himself and they're going to bring him back as a main event star. I, I, I will bet my bottom dollar on it that well, Ali will come back to WWE in the future and he will be a main event guy. The context. He, yeah. He's gonna have a Cody return. I yeah. I think he's gonna have a Cody return. The context when he did the Austin 316 Peter King and Ring, he was 31. Okay. So yeah. He retired in well, officially retired in 2022 after the Kevin Owens match. But he but his last match before that in 2003, he was 38 years old. He was younger than me. But granted, he had multiple broken necks and two bum knees. <laughs> this is very true. Same time, I've lost zero championships. Made me better than Austin. Oh boy. How many championships was... have you won? <laughs> I've held one. No, no, no. One. Yeah, but you had to buy that. I didn't buy it. He, he, he's, he's about oh, to bring up CXW. No, he's not talking just... about his belt. He purchased at WrestleMania. He's talking no, about no. CXW again. Oh, he got a speed check for us, Matt. Um, I'm not uh, holding the phone. Well, I am, but no, I'm not you using the phone. You normally end up covering the microphone when you do. Um, couple of things. Um, AFA, Wild Samoan, is um, home from hospital, having after battling pneumonia and two heart attacks. Um, very pleased to hear he's home, having quote kicked out at one. Um, very pleased as well to um, see um, Mrs. Matt Cardona, uh, find a U.S. resident. She's finally got a green card. Uh, good for her. Good for her. And probably the, the Chelsea most- green card. Oh. Very good. Oh. Very good. Very good. Very good. And probably the best thing, actually, the week maybe should have been my main moment, but um, was 
AEW this past week. <gasps> the whole one show? Moment, one moment in particular where Mark Briscoe came out onto stage and said the doctors said told his oldest niece she would never walk again. She walked out onto the stage with her siblings a year after Jay had passed away. There's no better good cop moment in life. So anyways, speed check. Um, Dolph and Dana Brooke uh, signing with TNA. Um, I think that's a much better place, especially for Dana, because AEW's women roster, not good. I mean, the roster is fantastic. The booking isn't good. <laughs> um you know, and and I think you know, I I said it when when he left. Uh, I said it here on this show live um, that Dolph will be better suited in TNA, and him ripping off his shirt to show the TNA shirt underneath was just absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, the build for the Royal Rumble, I think, has been fantastic i am so excited for the rumble right now and the fact that they haven't uh declared everyone and their mother for the royal rumble to leave some you know who's coming out next to it um i always we talked about this last week i always hated when they would show the graphic with everyone who's in the rumble i don't care i i want you can you obviously Cody's going to be in there. I don't care if Cody comes out and says like I'm going to be in the Royal Rumble. We all know Cody's going to be in the fucking Royal Rumble. Like it's it's fine, but you know, letting it be a little ambiguous of who's going to be what. I also hope they don't announce who's number 1 and who's number 30. I really hope they don't announce that. Um but yeah, no that's it's, it's all it's all good this week, man. They announced number 30. A lot of the times, yeah. They, they do sometimes, yeah. Well, oh. sometimes they do it stupidly where they don't announce who 30 is, but then they announce someone for the Rumble. Uh, I'm looking at you, Cody, last year. Um, I'm looking at Undertaker 2003. Yeah, where all of a sudden oh, it's okay. like, wait, who's going to be 30 then? And then the person's music hits and you go, oh, yeah, they already said they're going to be in the Rumble. Uh, don't announce it. I don't want to know who 30 is. I don't want to know who one is. I don't know who two is. One of the best, one of the best slap downs about that ever came from Jim Ross in 2003, where they were counting down the last few seconds. Like, here's number 30, I'll give you a guess, because they announced that Take was returning at the Rumble. Yeah. And he comes Um, out, obviously. And so, so so far, uh, it's still part of my good cop. The build to the Rumble matches themselves has been really fantastic because they haven't ruined anything yet. I don't think you guys would like the Liberty Lottery, then. Uh, VCW has a match before their equivalent of the Rumble. Uh, one versus, I don't know if they go to 30, but whoever wins gets to come out last, and whoever loses has to come out first. So. They have done that in the past, Graham, don't we? Okay. Many times. Many, many times. Yeah. And, fact- and I could definitely accept that on an indie show a little more because you're less likely to get a an active legend sure. uh at you know the <laughs> the elks lodge <laughs> or at the um at the um, masonic temple for uh, example uh-huh. 
That was where I saw Livid the Clown with the uh, exactly. Yeah, that's, you're, not, you're not like to see Ron back Simmons. in the day, back in the day. not like to see Ron Simmons wander out, Graham, for example, number 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 thirty, for example. There yeah. are you. Axel was there when I was at uh, oh. Sonic Table as well. Yeah, Temple as well. All right, my uh, good speed is essentially just uh, one thing, really. Um, I watched three hours and ten minutes of uh, AEW this week. I think that might be more than I watched the whole um, of 2023. Um, it started off with just 10 minutes. Um, I watched Samoa Joe versus Hook. And after that finished, there was a video that said, here's three hours worth of Hook. So I decided to watch and it made me... I, I, what, I, I... No, not doing that this week, Matt. Next week. Next week we'll do that. Um, now, I obviously knew that like Dan Housen had associated himself with Hook. But I haven't really followed that story. Um, last time I was at AEW, around this time two years ago, was with Mason. Hook was like a big thing at that time. I think he'd only had two matches. And Tony comes out, it's like, who would you like us to bring out? And it was Hook was one of the people that people were going crazy for. So I'd not really followed that career at all. I thoroughly enjoyed it. My intention was, you know what? I'll probably watch an hour and then I'll probably be done with it. Or I'll watch an hour and then I'll come back to it. I watched the thing right through. It was for me, it was awesome. There was lots of people who I didn't know he'd been with. I did see Dan Housen again, so quite happy to see that. I did not know that he tagged with um, uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander, so that was fun to see as well. Didn't know that he tagged with the Hardy Boys as well, who Ryan mentioned earlier. Still keeping it going 25 years later. Hey, I had great fun with it, so I kept on watching it, and uh, no, I managed to hold three hours, and um, yeah, the joys of snow days again. It wasn't something I planned to watch, but it was one of those recommendations that I thoroughly enjoyed. All right, you guys posted something in the DM, so it's probably probably negative knowing you guys. I All haven't right. done anything. Thank you very much. All right, just one of you. Hi, Mr. Lewis. Thoughts look, on Hook, then? Look what it says. Hook. It says Hook. Yeah. With That's many, many, with many, many periods after it, as they say in America. Um, full yeah. Stop. Yeah, full stop in England, but America is a period mm-hmm. for some bizarre reason. Not quite sure why. Um, like that's what it's called. Of everything. It, you know what? The Americans are the biggest trolls out there. Like you come up with a word and then they go, we're going to change it. So we've got a perfectly good word, pavement, and they'll go, nope, let's call it sidewalk. Yeah, you. you I'm pointing not, at you, right? We haven't got time to go through the rights and wrongs of the English language, all right? Because there's a lot of bad things that we've done, Graham. <laughs> and blame America for. Okay, which is not fair. For example, soccer is an English word which America adopted. We can't blame America for, for soccer, okay? It's true. Language mm. evolves and it's gone to the. And evolves as well, Graham. For example, when I was growing up, it's "Hey, how are you?" Now it's now it's in it blood. Can I stab you one, you, you fucking prick? <laughs> it's getting a little rough around clocks. Well, the next time I'm in England at a fancy dinner, I better make sure I say <laughs> hello properly. Jeez, got the right being thrown out the ribs. To answer your question, which is what I'm here for. Uh, Hook, um, yeah, he's one of the few things I like about AEW. I, I am curious I, to watch more highlights now. 
I watched. Well, you I, probably watched everything because you said when you saw him, he had two matches. Uh, I think uh, I think his match against Samoa Joe was his thirtieth match. You're, you're right. It was because they made some kind of comment. Will it be like his uh, how many wins it'll be and how many losses? So yeah, it's, I think that is his third. He, I think that he's was his he's the Roman Reigns of the roster. I do like to have, watch Hook on repeat at a slow motion sometimes. Um, yeah, with with some with some moody with some moody lighting <laughs> going on as well. Handle uh, being lit in the background, perhaps something's <laughs> being in the background, ground, for sure. <laughs> I do not know how on earth Taz <laughs> sired him, but my God, that man is good looking. Is it that foppish hair? Is that is that part of it? It helps a little, I'll be honest. <laughs> but uh, for that, wow, is all I'll say. Taz is five foot three on a good day. Um, Hook is six foot tall. I don't know how those jeans come out that way around. But my word, is he got a future in WWE one day? I guess say, I, I enjoyed the matches. Um, I enjoyed the people who he was tagging with. I enjoyed the people he was tagging against. Um, yeah, it was far more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. And yeah, it might be that that might be one of those things that gets me back in a little bit more. It's like, hey, let me see what Hook's doing. Um, for Matt, different reasons to... to you, Matt, though. Just to correct you, uh, Taz is 5'9". Thank you very much. <laughs> what? He is a little small. What? <laughs> Michael Cole's taller than him. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you said he was 5'3". Yeah. I thought he, I genuinely thought he was shorter than that. Because he was shorter than Spike Dudley. <laughs> Those legendary Sp- math skills again. Spike? <laughs> We had a game uh, once, Matt, that was uh, based on cage match ratings, I believe, where I gave you a wrestler, told you their cage match wrestling rating, and then gave you another wrestler, and you had to tell me higher or lower, which was a total ripoff of uh, play your cards, right? Well, we are, might have to do that with uh, wrestlers' height sometime. Are, are you are you ready to be annoyed, uh, Matt? Matt Taz is taller than Spike Dudley. What? Spike Dudley is five eight. I'm I- sorry. Hold on, hold on. Let me just double check. Let me. Yep, Spike is 5'8, 154 I'm, pounds. I'm 5'8 and a half. Just out of uh, curiosity, and I'm probably going to mix her last name up with a singer because I often do this. How tall do you think Kayla Braxton is? No, you got it right. Uh... You got it right, Graham. Kayla okay. Braxton. Yep. Well, I, I know that because she was on CVV and I watched it. She's 4'11. She, she is 4'11, yeah. I was just curious to know what she's, I'm sorry, she's four eleven and a half, half. according it was to and a half as well. And then you add the heel, she told him then she told him Kane. Well that that's a that's the <laughs> thing is people people don't think about this. Vince specifically, referees and backstage correspondents had to be under a certain height because he didn't want the wrestlers to look short. So even when he had a taller uh I think it was Josh Matthews, he would do his interviews like hunched down a little bit. So he would bow leg himself to make himself look shorter. That's why Kevin Kelly was, he was shorter than some people. Uh, Terry, Terry Taylor, though. Terry Taylor, I, I just saw a backstage interview. It was him. It was, Jarrett had just lost, lost the Intercontinental Championship, and he gets interviewed by Terry Taylor. And Taylor was like two inches taller than Jarrett. And that's probably the moment that Vince went, no, no, no fuck that. Absolutely not. That seven been, foot two. That must have been the D'Lo Brown, I'm guessing, at that time, yeah? Yeah, it was when uh, D'Lo, it was a title for title, uh, European versus IC. 
That was a good. That was that was good. That was good. Um, it's also the start of the breakup between uh, Jarrett and Deborah. You ready to do some bad cop moments, guys? Yeah. Good. Bad. All right, Matt. What's your main bad cop moment of the week? Um, it's kind of short, but it is a real bad cop moment. Um, you mentioned something, Graham, last week that you that you know you were looking forward to seeing an event because someone was turning up there. You've mentioned this really how when you see these big names turn up at in the events over there, you you rock up to see them because they get they get in no eyes on the prize. Um it's like for example when you've had the Hardys, for example, rock up at MLW or you had Cody go to uh, like Defiant back in the UK when he came over here. Or um when you have people like Nick Gage rock up at any event like beyond sort of thing. Well, I'm absolutely gutted about about uh yeah, Graham, that is what I'm mentioning, yeah. Oh, I didn't know I hadn't seen that story at all. I just commented in the chat, I'm hoping you're not gonna say this. Oh wow. Yeah, it's my main bad cop moment. Oh. Outcast Pro Wrestling have announced the cancellation of their of Jackson Arrow's opponent for the match at Iron Warfare Six. He was supposed to take on Moose. Since Moose is now the TNA World Champion, he has cancelled all international dates. Well, at least it's not just a single event then. I did wonder if it was it was like, okay, I'm TNA champion now. I'm a little bit too, too big for ride on the other line. It's okay, everywhere. I'm, I'm glad it's, it's not everywhere quite outside that. of US, yes. And yeah. and I'm like, well I do I do get it. I do get it. TNA are the third biggest company in in America at the moment. Uh I wish them all the best for them to become as best as good as they can be. If they can become number one one day, all power to them, you know. Take a lot of work, but you know, it's possible. Moose is a great wrestler. He officially is a TNA world champion. I am heartbroken for the OPW though. Absolutely heartbroken. This concludes the message. Um, I saw the excitement when um uh, he obviously won last weekend as well. And they got to say, Hey, we don't just have Moose coming, we have TNA world champion Moose coming to the island. And it was like, Oh my gosh, that is such a big signing. That's like so cool that that actually happened. And cards subject to change, but for Outcast Pro Wrestling, yeah, I agree. It's kind of a short moment, but yeah, it definitely falls under that category of bad cop moment. I will say with a caveat, they are working on a quote suitable replacement. Oh, if I hear anything, of course, keep your eyes peeled to my X feed. Ryan? I mean, it happens. Like, that's a, that's a, I've always kind of thought like WWE are very obviously strict about their performers working elsewhere. But at the same time, you can never be disappointed by it. Whereas like TNA and AEW, like obviously at some point, Scott Demore and TK are going to have to pull their talent. For one reason or the other. And I get it. It makes sense. But it does suck, especially if, you know, 
you know, for Outcast because they're going to have to probably offer refunds if someone requests one. But it is what it is. So, uh, what are we doing? Bad cop? Is that what Your we're on? Main bad cop moment. My main bad cop moment. Okay. So, uh, I have. I saved it. Okay. So, this is a tweet, and I'm not going to say who sent it, um, just because I know we do have a lot of mutuals, and it's not. It, it, it's 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 a it's a light tribalism, um, just because it's a revisionist history, and there are other factors to it. So this is the tweet. Say what you want about Tony Khan, but okay. his is the first pro wrestling company to put a world belt on Samoa Joe and not saddle him with a bunch of sports entertainment bullshit. He obviously respects Joe and presents him in his best and true light hashtag AEW dynamite. So we're going to approach this uh, from a few different directions. First and foremost, the reason I saw this tweet is because it was quote tweeted by disco fever himself, disco inferno. And I saw that because a mutual of mine who doesn't understand that if you want these people to go away, you need to not interact them, was talking shit to Disco Inferno. So that's bad cop number one. Just if you want him to go away, stop interacting with him because all you're doing is feeding his ego. Bad cop moment number two. I really dislike, I don't agree with Disco Inferno. I think he's kind of an asshole, but I don't like the revisionist history of this man never drew any money. We shouldn't blah, 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 blah. Dude, watch WCW when he was around. People fucking loved him. Absolutely loved him. The entire crowd is dancing when he comes out. So to say he wasn't a draw, he clearly had a lot of fans. But let's get to the main meat and potatoes of it. I really don't like that this is clearly an AEW, pro-AEW tweet. Because Joe obviously held the NXT World Championship, the Ring of Honor World Championship, the TNA World Championship, and a multitude of other independent World Championships. Granted, they're not TV titles, but whatever. Um, so to say that no one's ever put a world title on him is just factually incorrect. Now you can say, okay, without the sports entertainment bullshit, NXT was very much not sports entertainment. That was Triple H trying to do a wrestling promotion. And I thought he did a really good job of differentiating them from the core WWE product. It didn't feel sports entertaining. It felt like pro wrestling. TNA, yes, TNA definitely had its downtime, but it had much more good time than it had bad times. So to take away his TNA world title run is completely stupid. Um, the comments of this tweet were a cesspool of arguing, and it just... What the core of what this guy was saying is correct. It's really great to see Samoa Joe as a world champion on a major promotion. 
I agree with that 100%. But why do we have to turn this, just like the original good cop moment that Matt had, why do we have to turn this into a tribalistic thing? Why does it have to be Samoa Joe's only a world champion now because he's in the promotion that I prefer? Why does it have to be that way about everything? Because all, you know, this goes back to, we talked about this a hundred times. Jade Cargill. Everybody loved her in in AEW, but now it's yeah, but she hasn't done anything. Oh, she's gonna flounder. Oh, you're gonna see you're gonna see the cracks in how good she actually isn't. Ha ha ha. Only because she's in the company that they don't prefer anymore. It's so fucking stupid. I I, I saw this tweet, and I usually you know me, I don't get into Twitter drama. I don't care. If I see someone being a douchebag on Twitter, I mute them or block them and move on. Um, Even if it's a mutual, I may not unfollow you. I may not block you, but fuck, I will mute you if you're being a tribalistic piece of shit. I will ignore you. I don't need to see you. There's also a great button. Maybe people don't understand that this button exists. But there's a if you click the the three dots, there is a not interested in this post, and that will give you the option to see less tweets from that person without unfollowing them or blocking them or muting them, but to see their nonsense less. I've done that to a ton of people. Why and and those three things that I mentioned about this one particular tweet are all the same problem. People can't just let things go um and that breeds the tribalistic nature of the the wrestling community as a whole and i'm just sick of it i'm just sick and tired of it and i'm sick and tired that we have to talk about it so often because it's always a prevalent thing and when one thing blows over another thing sprouts up in its place it's like a hydra we cut off one head and two more return it's i don't know like who cares samoa joe is a world champion on television why should that matter about why should anything else matter? that's cool why are we going to take away his past accomplishments because all you're saying is that he was never that good until he got here and won this belt and that's stupid because samoa joe has been a top talent since what 2002 like this guy came out of the gate as a beast yeah and he's been great pretty much ever since yeah i mean by that same that same argument um aj styles when he won the when he won the WWE championship that was a great accomplishment for him of course but was the tna and or the impact championships that he in world championships he won any less significant no or how, how about being a former iwgp heavyweight champion exactly Exactly. Like this, it it just, it it, it bugs me. And like, I actually went through, I went through a lot of the comments, which usually I ignore entirely, but I I just, I, I wanted to see something for my own benefit. And just like, man, the people like one side of, well, the last real world title he held was the NXT title. Or, oh, this is the first time he's held a real world title. It's just like, what? A, what does it matter? Like, does it make your dick bigger because he holds a title in the promotion that you like? Hmm. Why Why should it matter? Like, 
you know, I didn't necessarily agree with his Ring of Honor TV title run just because, um, as I've made clear, I don't really agree with this new version of Ring of Honor. But I'm not going to take away the fact that he had a really, he was the champion in that promotion for that time because he was defending that title left and right, whereas the Ring of Honor world title was kind of just, I think at the time it was fucking Jericho, which made all of the sense in the world. Um, I, I just, I just don't understand. Why can't you just be happy that, that Samoa Joe is AEW world champion? Why does anything else have to even matter in the huh. first place? And two, why would you take away something that I bet to Joe means a lot? Grant, yes, go ahead. Grant, 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 Grant you already said they want attention. You already explained why they're doing it. Yes, already- and I'm continuing as to why this is a problem nonstop, in and out, every promotion. It, 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 it boggles my mind. Yeah, because this wasn't this isn't, this isn't an AEW troll trolling on WWE. This is them trolling on TNA and New Japan as well, and it makes no sense. That's why I, I, I think. <laughs> I, I I think you yeah. It, it makes a it, it kind of comes back to something you said earlier, Matt. I'm that there's a very big difference between being a fan of professional wrestling and being a fan of one specific promotion. There's two very, very different things. I like wrestling. I can find entertainment value in everything that I watch from an indie show to a WWE show, to a TNA show, to an AEW show, to a new Japan show. I can find something to entertain myself because I like wrestling. I just do, Um, you know, and I've been that way since I was a kid. I didn't understand the whole WCW versus WWF thing. I didn't get it because I watched both. And I was like, I'll admit, I preferred WCW. I really did. Um, I I just like that style of wrestling more. Matches were longer. They were more technical. I appreciated that a little bit more. but I wasn't going to school and telling people they were, you know, hard F-bombs because they watched WWF instead of WCW. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I enjoyed both. There's a reason we had a VCR. I could tape one and watch the other. Or I could, you know, Nitro started at 8. You get a full hour of Nitro. Then I have one hour where I'm switching back and forth during commercials. And then I've got an hour of Raw. Like, what's the problem there's no reason you can't watch both. Um, and if you don't, just shut up. Just shut up. Nobody cares. Except for you other uh let's I'm I'm trying to think of a good insult. Um prepubescent cucks. Uh if you want if you want to complain, all you guys can go in a corner somewhere. Jackson's Klaus and he had to go at the cage match person referring to people as idiots. Uh, I'm not a prominent member in the wrestling community. I do not run a website. I'm on a the <laughs> the 458,000th ranked podcast. Um, That's way too high. That's for our too 12, high. 12 <laughs> listeners. Well, uh, four points from last week, then, Graham. <laughs> I am I am nobody. <laughs> I can no, say what I want. You you are somebody. You are you are Ryan, and we love you. 
Yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> we did actually receive some praise this week on from the uh, Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. Uh, Snow Day is not good just for catching up on wrestling, but also catching up on podcasts as well. And uh, we were given as an example of virtuosity on the uh, on the internet, which might be what? a little over the top, but um, it was. I missed nice. that. We were mentioned in the same uh, same breath as uh, Bishop. Uh, about one hour and three minutes in, Matt, if you wanted to. Uh, I'll be listening to that after the show, then. Thank you. <laughs> Mind you, also this week, me and Chris agreed on something. Uh, wow. Wow. It's on, it's on Twitter in writing. Yeah. Pigs uh, I believe wild. I was also praised for my minders joke. My minder joke. You were, indeed. You were, you indeed. Were. It's a, it's called a throwback. I was actually thinking you at the UTT Rob might appreciate the mention of Terry Taylor earlier as well. I only know that name from listening to the UTT podcast. I am not familiar with that person at all, but it's a name that frequently used to appear a few years ago. Now, for my main bad cop moment, of course, it should be about two hypocritical podcasters who say, enjoy what wrestling you like. And then when you enjoy what wrestling you like, they mock you for it. But I'm not going to go down that way. Oh, no, hold on. I'm trying to be as positive as... Hold on, hold on. No, I muted him. So, anyways, (laughs) this person was specifically attacking other people. Read the comments. Go find the tweet, you little piece of shit. I would like to just mention that at no point have I ever said, don't watch it. (laughs) I've never said... Tribalism on this podcast is ridiculous. I've never said don't go and watch it. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that when's the last time a Ring of Honor championship was defended or changed hands on Ring of Honor? I thought this was my mate, Bad Cop. Yeah, you you didn't come at me. You didn't come at me before you started. I'm going to come back at you now. <laughs> okay. The answer, Graham, is 2021, before Terry, before Tony Khan bought the fucking company. Ring of Honor died on March 2nd, uh, 2022, when uh, Tony Khan announced that he had purchased it. Yeah, otherwise it changed hands always on exclusively on, on AEW TV, so you're paying for nothing, Graham. Anyway, I'm... continue. Um, as I said, because you've mentioned, oh, you should have watched AEW because you could have seen this match. It was on the Ring of Honor show. I got to see it as well. It's all good. Um, I could have mentioned in my good cop moments how good um, El Eco del Kingo uh, versus Action Andretti was as well. And um, that was for the TV championship, I believe. Uh, oh, sorry. No, that was not the TV championship. I apologize. Um, it was just one of those matches. Um, actually, I don't know if you noticed, Matt. I meant to ask you about this. We're, we're going way off time, but fine we're both on snow days anyway so it doesn't really matter we're doing different things today um the are you familiar with the current ring of honor tv title holder uh i'm forgetting his last name is somebody fletcher is it kyle fletcher yeah Uh, are you familiar with that wrestler matt uh maybe not by that name but go on we he's he's one half of aussie open as oh, we saw him on the match on the same day as WrestleMania. It was the show that we went to see where we went to see the Ugly Ducklings. Aussie Open were at that show. Because I remember at the time, like, oh, Aussie Open are kind of a big thing. And five years later, it's a title. Anyway, I just wondered if you made that connection at all. But I hadn't until it was a couple of weeks into that show. Anyway, that's my main 
bad cop moment this week. I was trying to be civil, but I just couldn't resist a joke, so I brought that on myself. I apologize, decorum, I'll get back. Um, I didn't really want to do anything bad. So the main bad cop moment of the week is going to be about pain, but I'm going to take this in a completely different way. Um, this was actually one of my good cop moments to begin with. Uh, this is a podcast from Maven, and it was which WWE finishers are the most painful? Now, I know this is a question that the boys have asked multiple times, like, does that really hurt? And it's, <laughs> I'm not a wrestler at all. I have no freaking idea. All I know is that coup de gras looks absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how anyone can take that. To me, that looks like the most painful thing. The scientist in me thinks about force, thinks about surface area, like you put in all that weight in just a tiny little bit on the feet in an area that would be sensitive. To me, that looks like it's pretty painful. For everything else, I don't know. Anyway, the list of the list that he had was kind of interesting, and it kind of surprised me as well. It basically had five categories. The top one was the most painful moves, in his opinion. Uh, one of them was the Batista bomb, which I could see why that would be on there for sure. The one that really surprised me was the frog splash. I assumed that would be like really low down on the list. Like as you're moving sideways, like you kind of spread your weight over an area. Um, that really surprised me that that was on that list. Uh, things that had no pain were the RKO the leg drop, um, the swanton bomb, and the stunner. Uh, the tombstone was listed as noticeable, but it wasn't particularly bad. But I just found it really interesting to hear from a wrestler's perspective what those moves are. And I think it might be one I'll share with Jackson. But I'm going to end my time because I actually have something I'd like you guys to talk about. I'm going to give my time away. Matt, I would like you to rate the submission moves that Mason gave to you about five years ago um, on a similar scale. And Ryan, I know that you do have some wrestling training. Um, I'm very interested to hear your opinions as well about what things hurt, what things don't hurt. And I think I'm most interested in what things do you think that do not hurt that actually really hurt a lot? And what things do you think would really hurt a lot that actually don't hurt at all? Well, Matt? I I, th I have taken all of those moves, Graham. Okay. Oh, well. Go ahead. You can do the same thing then. Um, so if you want to read, the, read them off, Graham, I will happily give my opinion at the same time. I would say Frog Splash doesn't surprise me at all. Because when I think Frog Splash, anyone I can, I can remember, and Ryan probably agree with me here, is RVD Frog Splashing off the top of the animation chamber onto Triple H's throat. <gasps> knee first. Well, that would hurt. <laughs> that would definitely hurt. That's all I remember. Frog splash wise. Don't remember any of Eddie's. Don't remember any of Ray's or Chavo's. That's the one I fucking remember. Bloody hell. That's a very specific one of Frog Splash. Because it nearly, ended his, it nearly ended Triple H's career. Of course. <laughs> and that, and they were the first two in. Eek. Triple H go for the whole match, unable to breathe. So, list the, list the moves then. Oh, okay. Um, other ones. The ones that they said were most painful was the frog splash and the Batista bomb. That's kind of specific, the Batista bomb. Right. Do you want to go first, bud? I've never taken a power bomb, So, I have no idea. And also, Matt, have you taken these in ring? Not in ring, but I have taken them... In his living room with his brother. And well, do you... Are you on trained in any way to know how to break your fall? Uh, no. Um, no on the last... I, mean, I took him on the beach. Okay. 
they did maven did talk about the training that's that for some reasons why they're not so painful for him because they train you how to dissipate yeah, balls pull, and things like yeah. that so yeah 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 um, and, and so i before i ever stepped foot into a wrestling ring i did judo for many 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 years because it was a recommendation of if you want to learn how to wrestle you should take judo because they teach you how to fall and they teach you submissions so you already have something in your back pocket going into it um so i've never taken and a lot of these moves that i may not have taken in a wrestling ring i've probably taken in judo because they are similar sports um just one is competitive and one is scripted um the ones that had no pain were the rko the leg drop the swanton bomb and the stunner the swanton bomb did not surprise me because it's like a glancing blow so i could kind of see why that would be on that list it shouldn't be a glancing blow at the thing well that's how it's that's how it appears as i'm watching it it, me it meant to land Back first on the chest, not the air out yet, how it's meant to be. Jeff yeah. always fucked that would freaking hurt though. That would just why they do a glancing blow. So, have you never seen? Have you never seen KO's version? <laughs> so, from the stunner standpoint, I, I understand because you are holding on to the opponent, so they're, they're holding your head, you're holding on to their arms or something. And then you're really just dropping down to your knees. So you're controlling how your weight is distributing. Yeah. You um, so if, if anything, I could say a stunner, um, if you don't have knee pads on, uh, kind of hurts. It hurts your knees. But if you're geared up, yeah, I can agree with that. It's not too bad. Yeah, an RKO. But Unless it... you're Vince McMahon and you just take it neck first. Yeah, idiot. The first time, yeah, terrible idea. But the RKO is literally gripped gently and then, oh, it's not gentle, but on the way down sort of thing. It's fine. It's a neck break. A any, any move like the RKO where Randy's technically not doing anything, Randy's just making a motion. Uh, it's just like uh, when someone takes a boot in the corner, like someone runs towards someone in the corner and they put the boot up. The person in the corner is doing nothing. The person who's running toward them is controlling that move. They're controlling how hard they get hit, where they get hit. Um, and I think any sort of cutter or stunner is very similar to that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. The last the one on the list, um, and I, it was, I put it of note, and I, I forgot to add a side note to it, was um, it also said the severity of the move also depended on the safety of the person you were working with as well. So the tombstone, um, he said that the undertaker told him, look, you just got to hold on to me as tight as you can. And if you can do that, then you'll be just fine. So that one was listed as not bad. But he said that was because the undertaker was so good in taking control of all that. But you had to put trust in him because otherwise you could end up with a broken neck easily enough. Yeah, I can see that. I've never taken a pile driver either. I always refuse. I've, I have taken pile drivers, but more than and more. Boy, than... can you tell? I used to be six foot two. Um, I um, I took I took more of the um the the cactus jack one. So the like the pulling pile driver. So at no point was I actually head first on the ground. It was I literally just rolled rolled over like roly poly sort of thing. 
because we weren't completely stupid growing up. Um, I think the worst thing I ever, the worst move I ever took was a uh, double suplex, actually. Bearing in mind, my mates were both six foot plus, and they got me up and over and down onto the beach. Bang! Uh, I asked for decorum. That is not a finisher. That's fair. I'm saying, I didn't say finish. I said the worst move I ever took. All right, Graham, mm-hmm. continue your list. Yeah, uh, that that was it. There were okay. other ones on, but I just took out the. Uh, it's not a particularly long video. I think it's only about ten to fifteen minutes. Um, there were other ones mentioned, uh, but you can see him kind of moving them to where he ranks on the scale one to five. But I was interested in the extremes, and I was interested in. Uh, stories that you guys had to tell, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I will agree. Anything I've ever taken off of the top rope tends to hurt. Uh, so frog splashes, um, you know, top rope leg drops. I, I had one guy do the Harlem hangover, and he landed uh, pretty much like, uh, who was it? Okay. I can't remember. Booker, Booker landed on someone, and he landed like thigh first directly on their face. Oh no, it wasn't Booker. It was uh I think it was um Too Cold Scorpio who did it. But anyway, it was brutal. Um I took one of those and the same thing. It was like thigh to the face kind of thing. So it was just full body weight down on the side of my face. That that sucked. Mm-hmm. Um the... uh, so part of the list also, it was based on who Maven faced as well. So True. you weren't gonna see like the coup de gras that I talked about because he was long gone before Finn Balor was in the company. So it was based on people who he'd wrestled as well. So that was part of the list too. Yeah. But yeah. Um if you ever want to pass off the information to uh Mason or Jackson, um the ring hurts. <laughs> Period. Full stop. The the wrestling ring? Yes, just when you landed, hit it, just landing on the wrestling. When you ring. hit it, 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 it's. I mean, obviously, it depends on the ring, um, and depends on the quality of the padding that's sure. on the ring. Yeah, it's just but cool. yeah, it, it's 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 very similar. You know, if if I were stand stand on a folding chair, and then flat back, fall backwards onto athletic mats. <laughs> yeah, not fun. I I do know, though, that he knows that the hardest part of the ring is not particularly that hard, though, because I remember we could get up to the side once and I remember him touching it and he was like, well, but here's the thing. It doesn't give, though, the middle of the ring. So it's boards, but the boards are on metal bars that that go back and forth and the the bars don't touch each other. So when you bump, that's what's making the sound is those bars are bending and hitting each other. So the ring does give and it doesn't give on the apron because okay. that's where the ends of the boards are. It is the hardest bumping part of the ring. The hardest okay. part of the ring is taking the post because you're just flying into a metal pole. That's that's just my take. Let me twist my main bad cop moment into a good cop moment then, Graham, shall I? Okay. Because in the last 30 minutes, it's been announced who replacement is. Oh. Moose. Oh, okay. Who is it? Zach Zodiac. Oh, okay. Zach All Knight. Right. Zach Knight is back yeah. in the UK, and he just happens to be available that day. Wow. That's he a will stroke be, of luck. 
That's good. One on one with Jackson Arrow. Nice. Nice. That's that's gonna be a great I I I've I've of course had the privilege of, of seeing him in a triple threat together, but never one on one. So uh so um Ride, Isle of White, you are in for a treat. <laughs> Definitely. All right, what about your speed check then? Uh I'm gonna keep it again short and sweet, Graham. Um, there's been well, as you only have 90 seconds, that's probably a good idea. There have been lots of little bits of pieces of bad wise. For example, I don't like I don't like um, the um, the new um, the new names Matthew and Nicholas for the for the young bucks. They're not going by the young bucks anymore. They're going by Matthew and Nicholas. I mean, seriously, come on! All you need is is, is Thomas and Nicholas, and then maybe Artruth can sue. Um, not liking the people already being. Um, Triablistic over Okada, where he's going to go, let the man make his own mind up for fuck's sake. Seriously, he'll go where he wants to go. Okay, trust me, no marks out there, out there are going to trade his opinion, apart from maybe not to go on the internet ever again. Um, uh, Tony Storm's promo while while sitting on Luther's shoulders, um, as good as it was, it wasn't the first person to do it. I seem to remember somebody who just recently retired from wrestling doing it first that would be mr logan eating the right um and did it way better in my personal opinion and i'll be shields as shoulders i believe indeed and i'm going to conclude graham with um by talking about um by mentioning the lot the last back on is that um paris is not promoting anymore huh next two weeks uh paris is not promoting graham because any more implies that it's forever. forever. Yeah. Because, because of this little man. Yeah. Good first name. Yeah. My youngest yes. son approved. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely name... a bad cop moment right there. Yeah. His name, of course, is JJ. Yep. Jackson James Paris. I approve as well. My middle name, of course. And I knew that you'd approve because it's the name of your of your boy. I saw, I saw that this morning. Rumor uh, has it that he has been named after your son. <laughs> <laughs> Even out of Jackson Arrow, one of the two. That, <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds more plausible for sure. Ryan, your speed check for Bad Cop, if you have any, sir. Um this is sacrilegious. And I'm so sorry. I I feel that what I'm about to say goes against everything I believe in morally, emotionally. Um, I really, really hate Dana Brooks' new name. I just don't like it. It's I saw it. I, I can't even remember it. What Ash is it? by Elegance. It's supposed oh, yeah. to be like it's a, a perfume ad. Um Miss Sabrera, I love you. Dana Brooke was one of my favorite women on the WWE roster. Your new name is silly. And I'm so sorry. Please, please don't be mad. Because <laughs> obviously she listens. I can see why you wouldn't like it. I think I think it's okay, but I can see why you wouldn't like it. I can't I say deep bro- like like I was hoping it was going to be Dana something or something Brooke so I could still say like oh it's oh yo you a Brooks coming out if she was Ashley Brooke now or something yeah I just I don't know it's fine I actually 
the main bad cop part of this is I did not recognize her when she came out in TNA. Um, yeah. it's she looks so different. Like I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's just because I can see clearly for the first time in many years. I don't. I just <laughs> didn't recognize her. I was like, "Who the fuck?" And they're like, "Ash by Elegance." I was like, "Is that Dana? Pro- what?" Um, because like obviously I know, I knew I know Dolph Ziggler's new n- real name, and I know her real name is Ashley. But it just it took a second to really click. I just didn't recognize her. Um, again, though, I am happy she's signed with TNA. I think that's a better place for her because TNA arguably has the best main roster women's division. Um, I think there's an easy argument to be made that NXT has the most solid women's division top to bottom. But I, I think that that the knockouts division is phenomenal. And I think she'll be great, especially because they're probably about to lose uh, Trinity. Um, as much as I'm enjoying Ring of Honor, the uh, 2024 debut for Lady Frost and Trisha Dora that I've been waiting for for a few weeks, that match was super short on episode 46. It definitely left me wanted more, but it was great to see them both. We did get to see Tr- uh, Lady Frost in episode 47 last night, so that was good. Um, somebody threw something into the ring at the start of the Erica Lee uh, Nyla Rose match. Uh, last weekend down in Norfolk. Now, they didn't draw attention to it, but it was suddenly like, you can't help noticing peripheral motion right next to a wrestler. Um, the referee clearly, whatever the object was, must have kicked it straight out of the ring because as soon as the camera changed, there was nothing on the floor there at all. So I don't know what happened, but yeah, idiot fans throwing things into rings. Those days should be long gone by now. Um, an amazing-looking finisher from a multi-time champ uh, from Impact. Uh, viable threat to Tony Storm, but the story this week, let's fat shame Deonna Frazzo instead. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, I saw this tweet. In 2000, the Royal Rumble was broadcast for free on Channel 4. I was 15, and many of us stayed up until 4 a.m. to watch it. My God, it still stands up as one of the best ever. Cactus Jack versus Triple H in a street fight, and Mae Young's boobs in one show. Mental. It was the talk of the playground that day. Ah, 2000. Used to get it for free. Used to be able to watch. So it, apparently it didn't last for very long. I'm sure not with WWE because they're going to want to cash in on that. Um, I did not realize that. I was obviously in the States at that point. Uh, but a shame for British viewers. They don't get to watch uh, pay-per-views for free anymore. I will agree. Uh, Royal Rumble 2000 is the best pay-per-view that the World Wrestling Federation or World Wrestling Entertainment have ever put on. Nope. Favorite pay-per-view of all time. There's nothing you can say to change that. <laughs> I will say, I will say, the Royal Rumble event over time had produced more bangers than any other event, including WrestleMania. Because, without question, that street fight between Triple H and and uh, Cactus Jack, one of the greatest matches I've ever witnessed on a, on a on a wrestling program. For sure. But is it the but is the whole card great? Yes. <laughs> Dudley's and Hardy's tag team table match. Yes. The rumble itself is absolutely brilliant. I'm just yes. gonna pull up the full card just to make sure I don't uh, oh Jesus, what could, the fuck? Ring of could, Honor just ruined my computer. You could lose that stupid swimsuit competition. You can. Uh, I'm. I'm not saying that. You know, it's. 
I it is what it I is. Mean, it's also not an official card. Um, Taz, Kurt Angle, Hardy Boys, Dudley's tag team table, Jericho, uh, Holly. Jericho, China, and Hardcore Hardcore Holly for the 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 IC title. Um, New Age Outlaws versus the Acolytes. Um, Triple H, Cactus Jack, and then that amazing finish to the Rumble with Rock and Big Show. Just from a from a wrestling card perspective for the WWF, that is the most entertaining card I think I've ever seen out of that promotion. I will also I will hear what you're saying there. I will just say that it's not the best IC title match ever at the Royal Rumble. Now you're just picking at your ball hairs, your uh, your short and curlies. No, but the, the a year later the ladder match between Jericho and the Canadian wrestler was the best IC title match I have ever seen. Okay, you're just like a little girl who can't say the word vagina. His name is Chris Benoit, and he was a wrestler who did something very terrible. We can say his name. It's okay. I do say it sometimes. Uh, Okay, penis. Say it with me. Penis. Not ding-dong. Not schlong. Not peeper. It's penis. Say say it with me. Benoit. You're reading my drink. <laughs> yeah, I'm the reason a lot of people drink. <laughs> I had no idea this innocuous tweet was like opening yeah. Pandora's box. No, uh, so the, one of the whole reasons I started where I did with my rewatch was because I what? knew the Royal Rumble was less than the Royal Rumble 2000 was less than four years away, and I thought that was a good place to start to get to my favorite pay per view of all time. No, I'm not, I'm not taking it away from you, okay? I'm not, I wouldn't dream trying to. But aside from you, I've never heard anybody mention anything about that event apart from the street fight on a regular basis. Well, A, Graham just read a tweet that said it was the greatest show that they ever did. Yeah, but Graham's also read a tweet today where they, where they were saying the greatest thing they've ever seen of all time was something in AEW and Ring of Honor. So what do tweets know? I mean, tweets don't know a lot. Uh, to be fair, um, we've all got our own opinions. Whether or not right or not, it's open to opinion. Obviously, I've just rather I've double pinned myself in one sentence. That's, that's a new record, even for me. Benoit Jericho ladder match is better than anything China put on with Jericho and Holly. I mean that match, yes. Everything else on the card is absolutely brilliant. I agree. Just, just take that ice top match out, put that one in, it's and it's perfect. Um, it okay, because it doesn't change anything else. Because I do believe China was still in the Rumble that night. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, China did a lot of uh, a lot of great things. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we got that. Okay, so um. Technically, you are correct. Um, only because we can only use cage match ratings uh, to decide if something's good or not. Uh, Royal Rumble 2000 uh, has an 8.22 rating. Uh, Royal Rumble 2001 does have a 9.01 rating. So, by Tony Khan logic, uh, I have to I have to concede. 
I mean, it was a pretty good... I mean, to be fair, 2001 is, even if it's not the best, it's still not, ba- it's not bad coming up second to 2000. Yeah, just, uh, you know, I got to listen to my boy, Tony Khan. Uh, just got to, that's the way it is. But yeah, no, Royal Rumble so. 2000, I've, to I've anyone got, who's wondering, favorite pay-per-view of all time. I've got a feeling I've dropped by lightning there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Matt, Tony Khan is pretty much the same person. So anyways, moving on, uh, what's the next segment of our show? I'm and- top. <laughs> Good. Good. All right. I am going to start with uh, Angel Visits Perfect at Visits Angel. Um, good cop moment. Dustin Rhodes challenged Christian for the TNT Championship. And bad cop moment. Seth's injury might be bad news for WWE. Um, certainly, as we're coming up to uh, the road to WrestleMania, they might have to do a quick pivot there, depending on... I'm actually really surprised that Jinder did not get mentioned in this episode. We've been talking for over two hours. I figured his name would come up at least once, but alas, no. Maybe still to come, Graham. You never know. But uh, one thing I do know is that Justin, over at Just In Time 211, said that the his best cop moment was TNA Hard to Kill and New Japan Pro Wrestling Battle in the Valley were both great shows. In his worst cop moment, as Graham, you brought up recently, uh, dickheads online body shaming Deanna Parazu. And I just wanted, I, I never understood that. Like, is she a twig? No. Is she gorgeous? Absolutely. Like, what? I never understood. I, I, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, that, uh, my friends used to tell me I had a type in women. And when they told me that, I went back through women I've dated and realized that I have zero type because literally there's very little in common with any of them at all. I found out I've got a type by Ryan, you know, with men. Yeah. What, what's your type? Yay. <laughs> oh, queer. Um, mad people, mad people who say, like, like, oh, you fancy him, don't you? Like, like, he's not my type. What do you mean? What, he's not your type? Like, he's not gay. Always stops the argument. Always stops true. the argument. It's true, no, but I, I just, I, 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 I just I've learned never something understood. new about Hook. Huh. Hook's gay? I knew it. Um, no, but I, I, I don't understand this discourse towards, uh, towards Diana because, like, no. Has she gained a little weight? Yes, she has. There's Amazing. no denying that. But she is a very beautiful woman. Like, Faye Jackson. Faye Jackson, she champions how amazing she looks. And um, Willow. I saw Willow get a bunch of, you know, like, look how fat she is. It's like, dude, Willow is a cutie patootie, as Rosie O'Donnell would say. And she can like, kick, kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just don't, I don't understand that. Like, yeah. I mean... I think if you and and this is you know not to go off topic, but this is the thing that I don't understand when people uh poo-poo women's wrestling. If you are a red-blooded straight male, why wouldn't you want more women's wrestling so you can look at the attractive women in skimpy outfits as opposed to the oiled up jacked men in their underpants? Just throwing that out there, maybe you're a little afraid of your sexuality, just throwing that out there. I'm just saying whatever. Mm. All I needed there was Drew Griffin's accent, and you were absolutely on the money. Absolutely on the money. I'm going to go across to our good friend Rob, at UGT Rob, 
Good cop moment. Cage match giving warning to people trying to skew the ratings on purpose. Hashtag statistics, one of Graham's favourite hashtags. Yep. Uh, WTF cop moment. DJ Woo Kid uh, describing the events of Brawling as blood and killing and death. Mm hmm. And uh, bad cop moment. Tony Khan's communication skills again. Now he's blocked with me. I don't, and what, what do you mean again, Ryan? Uh, I don't, I, I don't pay it. I try not to pay attention to Tony <laughs> Khan's Twitter. I don't, I don't follow his Twitter. Um, it, I, I have it set to show me less of him. So I, I, I don't know. I, I see the big things. I just, I didn't catch this one. I assume he just said something fucking stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know what, what that's referring to at all. I, I can't, I can't, I can't figure it out at all. At all, and that's no, that's not a shocker at all. Um, off over to you, then, Graham. Dan Griffin, best cop moment. It's Tufa TNA's return show, Hard to Kill, was a banger, as well the first true grit show of the year. And worst cop moment, planning my WrestleMania weekend viewing and realizing it's probably a bad idea to go nocturnal for four to five days. <laughs> yep, it is, but it's worth it. Is it though? Yes. If you're watching The Collective from England, that's got to be really tough because those shows start at midnight. So, yeah, you literally could go almost completely for five days watching wrestling. I'm going to go... Uh, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to swing down to the bottom just, just to start moving up from a different direction. Uh, Chris Bellis, that real Chris Bellis. Um, I've been on nights this week, so I haven't really seen a lot to report on yet. But my good cop moment is the UK version of the WWE Network now putting the episodes of NXT out the week they are broadcast rather than being a week behind. Saves looking on Daily Motion, always a fantastic thing. I know, Matt, you were uh bitching about this, I think, last week, so that's a good, good update. Very happy about that. Very happy indeed about that because it's the start of the year. Graham would come in quickly. That was the post that had the most likes as well. So that yes. was noticeable. I kind of didn't catch that one till near the end. And as I click like, because I tend to click on like on all of them just to make sure I think I kind of read them ahead of mm. time or remind myself what I've read. And I noticed that a lot of people were agreeing with that comment. So yeah, good. Yeah. Need to also tag into that one though as well. Uh Robert attached a bad cop moment to that. Because Daily Motions have now updated their search facility, you can it's nearly impossible to find anything. Um, yeah, uh, so it's so bad that when they're doing research for WCW Saturday Night episodes on there, they can't find them. Mm. So that's not so good. Um, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to swing across then to um, who's next to go? I'm going to go to uh, Dan Abbott. Um, good cop moment, Mark Briscoe's tribute to his brother on Dynamite, including all the Briscoe family and NXT. That is all. Bad cop moment, of course it's Tony Khan having access to social media. Wow, that's not even close. Um, <laughs> and WTF cop moment, uh, Samoa Joe versus Hook's flaming table spot. See, that's confusing because I don't remember a flaming table. 
I see. I saw that, but I don't. I thought it. I think flaming was just used as like. Oh, you mean <laughs> dropping him on the corner of the announce table? Correct. That's I don't what think flame. Yeah, I think it was just like, oh my gosh, that was. All right, Glenn, he like was, flaming he table. He was checking his language rather than saying. I think so as well. But yes, yeah, but no, that's definitely flaming, brutal. That that either means something completely different in wrestling or something completely different regarding Matt. Like two different things. Uh, I think this is the last one, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, King's Bladders. Uh, hashtag good cop moment. Just uh, sorry, not just the return of TNA, but Hard to Kill was a brilliant way to start the new era. Uh, brilliant matches from top to bottom of the card. And hashtag bad cop moment. Tony Khan posting tweets to cause outrage to draw up extra viewers. It's not sustainable and it's unimaginative. One more ground and he fit from he tagged once after it. Ah, yes. Uh, and the WTF cop moment. The table spot during Samojo versus Hook looked painful. But yeah, it certainly did. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, Hook. I, I've got some of my side draws. It's fine. Um, uh, right. Um... Why did I say that for? Seriously, Matt. Why the fuck did you open your mouth? Mute your microphone next time. Um, I have to um, say, on mention TNA, um, back to TNA as well, Hard to Kill was phenomenal, I thought. Best show of the year so far. Best show of the year so far. I'm aware that it's quite a, a limited shout, but I said that before about NXT TakeOver Blackpool, and I was right. If Ryan can have match of the year um, after 10 days of the year, then I think you can have that as your pay-per-view of the year. Yeah. For now. Subject to change. Absolutely. Thank you to all of our fan cops for getting in touch. Graham put a tweet out for your members again next week. Good! Right then, sisters, brothers, and non-binary others, it's Devil's Advocate time, where we, of course, will throw ridiculous things at each other for 20 seconds and act like we actually believe what we are saying. Um, who wants to go first this week? Graham, you I got one for first. you. If I want to see something ripped up in wrestling, it's not Jack Perry and his AEW contract. It's my asshole after a night with Hook. No, I'm kidding? joking. I am joking. I'm not doing that. That's the one I'm not doing. I'll obviously edit that out. I could defend Don't edit that. that out. I could defend I that. See, I just wanted to see your. I just wanted to see your reaction. We agreed very early on that we wouldn't be doing that type of devil. I could defend that though. Bring <laughs> your mind, Graham. Oh, okay. Him... If you want me no, to click no, start, no, no, I, no, I think that I could. That was a total joke. One. I'm more than happy to do what you actually prepared. I just like what point I out... had was something to do with um, the the Jack Perry ripping up the contract, but I didn't have anything to go at the end of it, really. And then well, with the comment earlier, that was why I meant it. But... I'd just like to point out, the only of you saying that after you said 15, about 15, 16 hours ago, a, you put a picture up about Taz, about someone playing there was advocate to Taz. It said, the back of Hook's head, eh, I... <laughs> That was obviously when I was watching the three-hour video, but I saw Devil's Advocate. Every time I see... It's amazing how many times I watch the show when I'll either see Good Cop, Bad Cop mentioned or Devil's Advocate mentioned. So, yeah, I always kind of quote it. Um, if you want to defend that, you can, or it's no, probably I'm better than the I... real one I have. The real one no, I have... I'm, was... I'm good. All right. The real one I have was last minute. 
uh, was if I was going to start rewatching something, um, I would start rewatching in 1991. So in four years' time, I could see the build up to 1995 King of the Ring. 1995 King of the Ring was absolutely momentous, Graham. You have to build up to these sort of events, of Graham, of course. Who doesn't remember Mabel winning the King of the Ring in 1995, Graham? Who later became Viscera and then Big Daddy V. This was immense. Time. Um, I just quickly, with Ryan's comment about how he started watching four years before and you were arguing over the greatest pay-per-view, I did a quick search for what was one of the worst pay-per-views and that one came up. That was one of the first ones that came up. I have no I, idea. The, I, I'm the, I, the IMDB ratings are good, as in terms of they're correctly low, made a very low rating. Well, you may, I don't know if you've ever heard of what happened at Madison Square Garden, the curtain call, where Triple H and... Um, Shawn Michaels said goodbye to the click when they went off to WCW. Yeah. Because of that, Triple H was taken out of the King of the Ring. He was meant to get it in 1995. Ooh, okay. Hmm. And it was given to Mabel instead. Hmm. That went so well. Who then, who, 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 may I point out, went on to do absolutely nothing until he returned to Viscera, pretty much. Absolutely. It, it took the Undertaker kidnapping and brainwashing him to actually make him a decent wrestler. Which Undertaker uh, did the job for Mabel in that tournament. Did indeed, absolutely. 11 points and 11 rebounds in the first half and they still can't win. I am never taking my boy to watch the Pistons again. Well, unfortunately, the Pistons actually won that game by about 15 points, so I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to defend here, but anyway. Um, yeah, no, obviously, why would you take a boy? You're trying to get him involved in sports. Now, winning is not everything, absolutely, but when you've only won three games out of about 30 games, then it kind of takes it to the extreme. Like, it's getting a little ridiculous, but that's... Young boys, they're so naive, right? My Googling... They won, my they won Googling, by 15. My Googling, Graham, when I looked it up, said they'd lost their 29th game in a row and had beaten the record. Oh, you you're going way back. Yeah, that was earlier. That was earlier. That was the one I took it. That was around the that was around Christmas time. That was yeah. when we saw the one that broke the record. And I ah. think they extended it by one more. But no, they were no, they were on a seven game losing streak going into this one. The Wizards ah. were also on a six game losing streak, but they actually won the night before. Well, so I can I apologize, Graham. I give you a better one. You want me to give you a better one? Uh, sure. Okay. Okay. Happy to it. Sometimes you sometimes you give me a fork and a spoon here, Graham. Simple, <laughs> simple defend baked beans on a roast dinner. Absolutely, you got to have you got to have a variety of things. We talk about wrestling; like you can't just have the same match every time. You got to have different servings of different things, or else it's not so good. Same with a roast; you got to have your tatties, you got to have your meat, you got to have your vegetables, but you got to mix it up as well, or else it gets a little bit boring. So you got to have it's a British staple. What else would be better for a typical British meal than adding baked beans onto there as well, just for the sauce? I love putting baked beans on meat. It's so good. <laughs> baked beans do not go on a, a full. Oh my roast. god! Oh, definitely. Yeah, but like, like, my, so my grandmother made ob baked beans, which obviously they were, you know, the the more the sweeter, like Boston, the not Bullish not sugar. Boston baked beans. Yeah. Well, there was brown sugar and yeah. uh, ham or bacon and stuff like bacon, that. Yeah, whatever. It's 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 the same thing, just Americanized. We all know it. Mm -hmm. um, I, 
I like but Boston she, baked haddock. She she would she would make it like uh, on Thanksgiving and stuff. So instead of using gravy all the time, I would put the baked beans on the turkey just to moisten it up. Oh, it's so good. Huh. One of the places I went to in Ohio over winter break, uh, we went to a barbecue place, and um, their baked beans had brisket in it as well. Ooh. That was uh, really good. I do want to point out, I do like British style baked beans. I, they're so good. The and I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you guys put in them, but man, well, so good. there was a there was a place uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts, not England, um, called the British Beer Company, and it was, you know, it, it's chain restaurant kind of thing. Not not a big chain. They they had like a couple locations, um, but they had a uh the the meal I always got was bangers and mash with beans, and mm. it was just awesome, just so good. Mm. And when you get to the end of that 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 as you call it mash, I would just take a little of those beans and just kind of get that sauce in there and just oh oh delicious, um. Yeah, sorry. What were we talking got, about? I'm really hungry. I still now. got hours until my dinner tonight as well, but I'm hungry oh, yeah. now. Mine, I'm, my, I'm cooked. Mine, yeah. Mine's a moment. I, I think I'm going to get takeout just so I don't have to cook. For our British listeners, of course, this is a different kind of BBC. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's the kind that Matt likes, the big black cocks. <laughs> Ryan! Ryan got a BBC! Ryan! You're the one from me. Oh, oh no, God. I have one for Matt that is prepared. I'll get to you soon. Oh, okay. All right. I'll take two. While he's laughing, okay. With the announcement that Triple H has made that Elimination Chamber, eliminating from emanating, apologies, from Perth, Australia, will air at 5 a.m. on the East Coast of the U.S. and 2 a.m. on the West Coast of the U.S., I would like to say, as Matthew Lewis, that that is completely unfair to the American viewers to have to either stay up so late or wake up so early to watch a wrestling pay-per-view. It's totally unfair. Absolutely it's unfair. I can relate this as a closet American. I have spent more time in America in the last three years than I have in London. So I can absolutely relate this as a, as a, as a token American right now. One of the worst things you could do is have to wake up that time of day to watch a wrestling event. It's completely unfair and I'm all for it. I'll be up at 5 a.m. That's not a problem. I'm so excited to watch it at 5 a.m. I love I love the pay-per-views from England that start at like eleven or noon. It's so good to be able to watch a show and then go about your day instead of staying up until whatever to watch it. Yeah. That's one of the main perks of me living in the US as far as I'm concerned. Every soccer game is pretty much freely available, which is not true if you're living in England. But nope. the lunchtime games are just as I'm waking up. The afternoon games are much earlier as well, still in the morning. And even their late games are like early afternoon. Like I can still watch a game and go and do the rest of my day. It's so oh, much it's, better it's, to watch. I'm so excited for Elimination Chamber. Bash in Berlin, Backlash. Yeah. These, I'm so Saturday afternoon pay per views. Oh, give me yep. more. I can't speak for, for, for those ones, but I do know that Clash of Castle and Mona Bank were free to air in the UK as well. 
Oh, okay. Neat. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So, so WWE, do that in America. Do that for every American pay-per-view. Free to air in the country it's in. I mean, it's just on Peacock, like, whatever. Everyone will watch it. <laughs> yeah, but it's also, like, it, it's it's the same thing we were talking about uh, last week with SmackDown. Their ratings are so good because they're on broadcast television. Absolutely. Everyone can see it. Um, but I feel that at this point, if you are a WWE fan, you have either Peacock or the network. So it's kind of included one way or the other. Right. Okay, Ryan, I'm going to throw it back at you then, all right? Simple one, really. Rockstar are right to see Remedy. They are the supreme power. I mean, if it weren't for Rockstar, would Remedy even still be a company? You know, because they're the ones who published the Max Payne games in the first place. So without Rockstar bringing Max Payne to a wider audience, Remedy wouldn't have had, even had the chance to make such stellar games such as Alan Wake and Control. And of course, Alan Wake 2. Um, shit, now I'm blanking on what I'm supposed to say to Graham. Uh, all for Looking a gag that no one can see. Um. Yeah, actually, it's a good idea, Graham. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you shoot one at me first while I look at my notes? And... Um, I have to thank Matt for helping me with this one. Um, I had an idea, but I needed his touch to help finish this one off. I don't know why you're putting your hand over your mouth. I knew you'd have the perfect ending to this uh thing that I couldn't possibly come up with myself. I had the idea, but I needed Matt to help me with this. First time I've, ever. He's helped. I found. I, I found mine, so we can do it in whatever order. I'm going to keep going at this point. Um, okay. It starts with a tweet from uh, Martin Luther Kang. This is at MigWebs underscore 14. This was on January 17th. And the tweet said, normalized fucking to wrestling themes. End quote. So your devil's advocate is, my personal tune that I like to use is Eugene's entrance child's play. I mean, not only was he the most iconic wrestler of his generation, of the entire Ruthless Aggression era, Eugene's theme song was, I believe what the kids would say, a certified banger. And if you're going to bang her, you might as well do it to a banger. End no, quote. That'll do. That's good enough. Um, Matt, I did not rec- I could not remember what his uh, theme tune was, so I had to go back and listen. And I had... I can't either. Oh, that's a real thing. I, I, I could do, I could do, I could do a for you. Well, you guys, see, no, you no, guys are please, normally on the please, same page, and I don't remember. Don't. But I figured he would pick one that you would recognize. Oh, that's a real shame that you didn't recognize that. One. Oh no, absolutely. Oh yeah, it's got the rhythm and everything. <laughs> the mm. clown sounds in it. I was dying. Oh yeah, I was dying. Well, it's no, so I mean, I, I just listened to the first fifteen seconds. I'm going to be done anyways, so who cares? <laughs> Poor Chris. I feel so bad for Chris. Um. Anyways, Gramathan. He needs a cane. I'm so sorry. Decorum. Decorum. That's gone out the window a long time ago. I, Graham. Yes. Purposely did not tag High Five Tom last week 
in fan cop moments because I think he's a second rate podcaster and he just brings the whole room down. Well, when you're the 485,000th ranked podcast, then we obviously have very high standards. So, no, we couldn't be bringing ourselves down with the likes of High Five Tom and some made-up state like Wisconsin. That's not even a real place, I'm sure. It's too cold up there. I figured his internet had frozen anyway, so there was literally no point in tagging him at all. And the show went better without him. Free okay, weeks so- of the fucking row! So, first and foremost, Graham, I, not Graham, Matt, I need, uh, whoever's doing this, we need that to be uh, isolated so we can use it when we need to. He's uh, doing second, it, but I can get a copy of it, yeah. Stop putting your phone in front of your fucking microphone. <laughs> I forget that that's a problem. Okay, I listened back to the one. It went down a little bit in sound, but I can always do change that in the edit. I could hear it just fine, and if I can hear it, I can God, I'd much rather fuck to Eugene's theme song than have to explain how your microphone works. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we're back next computer. week. I have a new computer. This was never a problem before, so I'm assuming the microphone was in a different place before. Plug your actual microphone in, Graham. Yeah, like I, right. like and, I know and, how to use that. And, 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 I got and, my and, podcasting help from some doofus up in Boston, so I, I have no idea how that thing fucking works, and it's been sat in the basically the closet for a long time. I, hold on, he hold was on. no fucking help at all, Matt, I'm telling you. So I wasted like $40 on that thing, and it's totally useless. But hey, that's... As, as we finish up this week's episode, I want to let everyone know, just so maybe someone who doesn't know will know now, or someone who doesn't remember will remember, that Graham, when starting the MGB Wrestling Podcast, bought a microphone and then never actually plugged it in properly. So they were just recording through the laptop microphone (laughs) instead of using the microphone that he purchased because clearly he's just one of these, and I'm going to use the accurate term, these technologically inefficient Gen Xers who's just like, where's my eight track? Yo, I gotta listen to fucking Poison and White Snake. I don't know. Fucking weirdos. And with that being said, as much as he doesn't understand how his microphone works, at least Graham is not Jay White. Who are the bag of dicks? Where bag of dicks. <laughs> Music was Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. HTTP colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0 slash.